We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. And somehow here we are at the third hour of Backbone Radio this evening, this October 29th, 2023. My goodness, honored you are here. And yeah, we talked for an hour basically about Armageddon that last hour. It wasn't that uplifting. Yes, we try to bring the uplift, the hope. But I don't like the way things are looking with the potential for World War III. I don't think we're sleepwalking into it, as Elon Musk says. I think we are actively seeking it. For some reason, the people we have in power right now seem to be actively courting World War III and maybe World War IV at the same time. And I think it's time to start speaking up on some of this stuff and saying, hey, let's be thinking this through. Let's look at some of these details. Let's... um. Not just be emoting, emoting, emoting. Let's pay very close attention and use some foresight with our next moves, which are, are going to be extraordinarily significant and consequential historically. Okay, so that's where I come down on that. And I want to say, hey, many folks, uh, yeah, a few folks on uh, texting and Twittering of saying, hey, Matt, you should uh, try to put your name in the ring to do the primetime show when the great and honored... Stefan Tubbs heads out, but I, I am not a candidate for that. Honored you would think of me, but I'm a dental practitioner all week long, and we're excited to have Officer Tatum join the rotation here at 710 KNUS, and he's an outstanding talk radio host. It's going to be cool. Okay, but I'm just honored that people would even somehow associate this guy who comes in on Sunday with, you know, maybe doing something uh, week, but not not yet. I got I got more dentistry to do. I got my profession to be paying attention to. And yes, I've opened a brand new office in Centennial at Holly and Arapaho Roads. And I just put out that little number, 303-225-7575. If you're sitting around with nothing to do and think, hey, I'll go hang out at the dental office. <laughs> anyway. But on to some other matters that are non-Armageddon-ish. We'll try to stay away from Armageddon. Um, Mike Pence, I guess, did meet his Armageddon. He's pulled out of the presidential race, okay? And good riddance to phony, pious, irritating Mike Pence, the guy who inherited gigantic amounts of political capital from Donald Trump and he threw them all away. He went the exact wrong direction with all of that capital that this nobody was so lucky to be uh, suddenly have dropped in his lap from the most popular political figure of our times. And what is Pence to? He blows it, and he finishes out at about 2-3% in the polls. Talk about embarrassing, okay? And um, let's just hear him say it. Let's just have Pence say that, you know, it's not my time. And notice his sense of self-importance as he speaks, as he goes out of this with his tail between his legs, nothing but humiliation for the past year of his campaign. And he's 
he's trying to go out with a with an air of dignity, which, in my opinion, he does not deserve. I just couldn't sit this one out. But the Bible tells us that there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And traveling across the country over the past six months, I came here to say it's become clear to me this is not my time. So after much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Now, I'm leaving this campaign, but let me promise you, I will never leave the fight for conservative values, and I will never stop fighting to elect principled Republican leaders to every office in the land. So help me God. There you go. And that's uh, 37 seconds of, uh, of Pence dropping out of the race. Some people call him Judas Pence, and I think that's pretty appropriate. And in that 37 seconds, how many biblical references did he throw? He talked about the Bible, he talked about God, he talked about prayer. Three times, about every 10 seconds, he drops something biblical into what he says. And I say he's a con man. I say he's a fake Christian. I say he doesn't believe a word of all that stuff. That's my opinion, because I think he's a, he's a completely disloyal human being. And his whole point in running for the presidency was to try to take down Donald Trump, to try to give bad optics to Donald Trump, to try to sabotage and undermine the guy that put Pence on the map and made him a somebody. So good riddance to that phony individual. And that's one thing as Christians, I think we have to watch out for the phony types that are out there talking so piously all the time, pious Pence and... They talk that talk, but it doesn't add up to me with this guy. does not add up, and you look at all of the shenanigans he was involved in in the Trump White House and getting rid of General Flynn and the negative influence he was all the way along behind the scenes, see, that, uh, hey, we'll see you. And, you know, he's going to come out. He'll probably endorse either Nikki Haley or DeSantis at some point. I mean, he's, he's going he's gonna to be trying to sabotage Trump all the way to the end so just be ready for that guy to be showing up. And he'll, he'll show up for little propaganda hits with the mainstream media when the mainstream media, the establishment, finds him convenient to bring on because he can effectively deliver some anti-Trump hit. Get ready for Pence to be doing that. And some of that will revolve around January 6th. Okay, just get ready for more Pence out there. Bitter, bitter guy. Fake. Now, another individual out there, Ben Carson. Remember Dr. Ben Carson? who everybody loves, the neurosurgeon. Everyone loves that guy. In his campaign in 2016, he did a pretty darn solid job out there. And something about Ben Carson, I think, is just is so admirable. So many things about his life and his career and what he stands for and his consistency. And he's never been a turncoat, never been a traitor. He worked in the Trump administration, and he's been, he's been an America firster. And today in Sioux City, Iowa... Dr. Carson went forward and introduced Trump and endorsed Trump to the crowds in Iowa. And I thought, let's, let's just hear that. Just a brief introduction. Uh, here comes the great Dr. Ben Carson. One man had the courage to take on the political establishment and give the people a voice in Washington. 
with no concern about what it would cost him. You know, Donald Trump lost millions, if not billions of dollars. And he's been attacked constantly and demonized. And yet he's still there. They haven't gotten rid of him. They're trying to do everything in their power to get rid of him because he's the biggest threat to the administrative state and to the swamp. I don't call it a swamp. I call it a cesspool. And they will do anything possible to get rid of him because he's the existential threat to their continuation of power. There you go. Ben Carson. And that was really on point. Everything Dr. Carson said there is the stuff that I've been thinking and I've been saying around here. And I think that he gets he cuts right to the chase, right to the point of what's going on here. Donald Trump is the existential threat to the swamp, to the cesspool, to the administrative state. I love it that Dr. Carson used that phrase, administrative state, which is such an important one to understand what that is, to understand how American politics works in this day and age when we don't have it tethered to the Constitution or what the founders intended. you got the administrative state bureaucrats unelected who are running the show, so much of it, both presently employed by the government and also then retired the deep state branch of it. And um, Trump has given up millions, if not billions, sacrificed a bunch of his fortune to be running for office where every other politician uses their political office as a profit center for them. Look no further than the Bidens, the Clintons, the Obamas, the McConnells, the McCains. Go down the list, ladies and gentlemen. But They've done everything to try to get rid of Trump, Carson says, the administrative state. What will they not do? What will they not do? I might ask that next when we come right back on Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn. I got to say, as you hear that French music from Luane there, that we're probably the program that has played the most French music anywhere in the United States of America, while at the same time, and in the same show, playing bluegrass music and doo-wop music and old-school country music and all the rest of it. So we, there ought to be a trophy or like a plaque we could put on our wall. Don't you think, Blake? We, we need some kind of, a, some kind of a, an honorific for all of, uh, all of that amazing stuff. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're talking about how France is not the France that uh, you grew up with. And by the way, had a text to studio saying that, you know, when Pence pulls out of the race and he says, it's not my time, what the crowd should have said was, can I get an amen? <laughs> it's not my time. Can I get an amen? We'll see you, Pence. Go do something else, bud. Yeah. Rush Limbaugh is probably rolling over in his grave because he spent all that time interviewing Mike Pence here and there along the way and when he was vice president for Trump. And you could just tell Limbaugh thought, oh, this Pence guy's a skunk. But he would dutifully interview Pence, you know, and I know Limbaugh would, is ticked to be seeing the real Pence, and I'll bet you Limbaugh knew. Limbaugh just kind of knew, don't you think? By the way, Larry Elder was running for the presidency, and he's a great Salem broadcaster. Really like that guy. I've had the chance to meet him a couple of times. And uh, 
he uh, didn't get too far in the polls. But um, he went out with a strong, full-throttle endorsement of Donald Trump, and I thought that was great. Well done, Larry Elder, and he's a guy I've always appreciated listening to over the years. I wish he would have become governor of California. He did run for that and did pretty well out there. But the thing about it, just a quick point on Elder, is that he was denied permission to debate in the RNC fake rhino debates that they're having. You see? Because he was always in there because he probably knew he wasn't going to win, but he was going to go in there, get some exposure, and then endorse Trump. And the RNC people did not want that. What they wanted was to have their rhinos in there, and one by one, each of these rhinos will filter out and then endorse whoever the rhino front runner is, and they thought it was going to be DeSantis. The plan was for them all to be on that debate stage attacking Trump, uh, Christie would attack Trump and the rest of them, and um, then they would fold eventually and, yeah, go for DeSantis or go for maybe they're going to do Nikki Haley now. Who knows who Pence will actually endorse? Who knows who DeSantis will endorse? Maybe they'll endorse RFK. Hmm. But that's uh, that's the way the rhinos operate. That's how they think. And in my opinion, that's why Elder was denied the debate status by the RNC, which I thought was a real cheap shot. They let Asa Hutchinson debate because, of course, he's going to be a folder who endorses the rhino. But they wouldn't let Larry Elder in there, who is like head and shoulders above most everybody on that stage. In fact, everybody. So, um, but yeah, Trump too smart to go participate in those rigged debates with the Fox News rigged people and the NBC one is coming up. Nobody's going to watch it. There's no point in having that. It's time to unite around Trump because the primary is over, ladies and gentlemen. Just one thought before the phone lines. Scott Adams, the Dilbert uh, guy, says that he thinks, and I'll just say it like this, if, if, if Trump is just dominating and beating whoever the Democrat nominee is in the polls heading into the election 2024, he thinks the Democrats may, might just consider canceling the election. And you heard Ben Carson just say that Trump is the existential threat to the deep state. He is the existential threat to the administrative state. Do you think if Trump is just cruising to victory that they're just going to somehow let this happen, let an election happen? Given all that you know and all of you seen about the rigging and the hoaxing and the impeachments and the constant propaganda... Yeah, this needs to be on our minds. It needs to be talked about. What is the deep state going to do? And here's what Mike or Scott Adams says, uh, quote, and this is two days ago. I'm trying to imagine what happens if Trump has an insurmountable polling lead over Biden during the summer of 2024, which seems likely. Under that scenario, I see no possibility Democrats would let the election go forward. It would be canceled for some bogus reason. After the Russian collusion hoax and the Hunter laptop hoax, it should be obvious to all of us there are no ethical boundaries in play. I mean, the CIA probably assassinated JFK in my lifetime. We are still the same country as then, end quote, says Scott Adams. So I'm just floating that one out there so everyone has this in their head that if Trump's cruising the victory, folks, um, they're going to have to pull some stunt, another stunt, some bogus stunt, some crazy stunt. we got to worry about the potential for assassination, of course. That's uh, 
I mean, when you're an existential threat to the people in power, the people who have been running this place for so long, and we've seen that they are amoral, we've seen that there are no ethical boundaries in play with these people, you have to really fathom the total amorality of these power people. It's all power. It's all power all the time. Power for them, not for you. Power taken from you and put into them. Make sense? That's the kind of people we're dealing with. They are ruthless. They do not give up. They do not get fatigued. They are weird, nervous, scared, freak jobs. What are they going to do? Okay. Well, what they need to do is to allow themselves to be defeated. They need to be defeated to save this place. The world has become a complete and total gigantic mess. And one thing, part of why I talked about Armageddon so much in that last hour, is that I do wonder if World War III, World War IV could be used as an excuse by the ruling class, deep state people in power, Democrats, uniparty, to try to say, oh, we can't have an election in 2024, can't have it, because we got war and we got all this stuff. Just floating that out there, okay? It's a possibility, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't know, 2020 had a virus. How'd that get put out there into the system? How'd that work? You know what I mean? What will these people not do? Amorality. Amorality. By the way, make sure you do watch that police state, Dinesh D'Souza, and a great companion movie, film to watch, which I've mentioned before. It's called The Lives of Others, a German film, one of the greatest films ever made about the Stasi, the secret police in the East German society um, before the curtain fell. That is a great primer primer for the police state film, which makes the same point that Trump is an existential threat to the ruling class, deep state, uniparty, Democrats, rhinos. See? All right. You have to understand these dynamics. We're going deep here. We're going deep, philosophical. That's how we roll. Let's say hello to Frank in Denver. Frank, yeah. Frank, thanks for holding on. And how are you, sir? I'm good, good, Matt. Thank you for all you do, and good luck into in going into your new uh, dental practice. Honored, yes, sir. Out for you there, well. No, you lay out uh, interesting scenarios and possibilities. Uh, I like that caller Jay uh, having his military uh, contractor background uh, knowledge of some of these things. Yes. We as Americans <clears throat> cannot obviously uh, run the world. We can only do what we feel is right according to our democratic principles, try to stand with those who who have democratic principles. Uh, of course, the, the Muslim world represents a big uh, problem. Uh, don't know which way it's going to go. you got all these pieces on the chessboard moving around. you got agitators like Russia and China with nukes. Uh, so it's obviously a mess. I wanted to comment on one of the things. That, and, uh, and I have not timed this call great. Could you hang on, Frank? Yeah, sure. A little break coming up here. We're going out with a little Italian music, a little Eros Ramazzotti. And Frank was just getting warmed up, and I was like, yes, yes. And then all of a sudden, there starts the music. Let's just hang on through a break, and we'll talk to a couple of folks, including Frank, when we come back. On a Monday, I got stripes, sings Johnny Cash. Actually, I was reading a little KJV last night in the Acts of the Apostles arena of the Bible. And they used that word stripes a few times, and that said, ah, I'm going to bring that Johnny Cash tune in, stripes. And you know what the stripes mean? 
At any rate, so honored you are here, ladies and gentlemen, at uh, good old Backbone Radio. I've had a few texters point out that, hey, it was old Zelensky in Ukraine that canceled elections. Hey, we can't have elections in Ukraine, says the little dictator Zelensky. Can't have elections here because we're at war. Is that going to happen here as Trump cruises to victory? already ahead of Biden, 10, 11 points in a couple different polls. Dominating the primary just, oh, is that just sweet. I mean, you got Trump at 60-plus points, and you got everyone else, the midgets, the dwarves, in single digits. All their big establishment donor money, and all they got to show for it, the dwarves, is single-digit humiliation. And it's kind of funny. I mean, I, I saw this from the start. Uh, this is not surprising me. And I, I'm just amazed that everybody couldn't see this. I mean, what did they think was going to happen? How do these big donors write these big, huge checks? They spend millions of dollars on these single-digit people, and they can't realize how dumb that is. Like, they don't get it. They don't have any clue what's going on with the American people. It, it, it is amazing. You know, the people get a lot of money, and they're, they're like, become increasingly clueless. I think that's part of the problem is that the super wealthy elites in this country are utterly detached from normal human beings that live in the heartland of America. They have no clue. You know, they, 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 know, that they know they don't like us. They know that they're bothered by our existence. They think of us as nuisances. And then they, they spend all these millions, and then they sit around getting all ticked off. Hey, I just gave millions to DeSantis, and there he is sitting at 8%. What's the matter with you American people? Gosh, you're thwarting my plans. I'm spending all this money, and it's like I'm wasting my money. And the response is they get mad at you. <laughs> you got to laugh at these people. And, you know, it's not nice to say, but, I mean, it's just they're morons. It's just, they're morons, and they're trying to ruin the country, and we just can't let them do it. I mean, they're nice people. I'm sure they're, you know, on, well, they're not nice people. I take it back. They're not nice, and we can't let them destroy this place. We're just not going to do it. So uh, Frank and I were chatting, Frank in Denver, and you were warming up, Frank, and I apologize that we uh, hit that break, but uh, what, what thoughts were you having? Well, you know, I think uh, the world is a complex and obviously dangerous place, and different uh, power factions have different abilities to hamstring us. And in America and around the world, some of the rich who have their own power desires can move these money things around. Look at all the damage George Soros has, has wrought. Uh, totally. But I think, I think uh, you know, Dr. Carson is a, a great communicator, a uh, good, smart guy, but he's nowhere near the communicator uh, that uh, uh, Trump and Reagan and FDR and, and some of those guys, that, that communication skill is so important, uh, not just here in America, but around the world, the message that they convey. And I'm, I'm afraid that uh, Dr. Carson is, doesn't uh, have this uh, strength of, of conveying this thing that we will come get you that a Trump of modern times does and I think well Carson's not running right I mean no, he, no, he's I just know. up there introducing his buddy Donald Trump his good friend Donald Trump and that's what he said he was he was praying about introducing a very special friend out there in Iowa and it's a remarkable picture of there's Carson praying um, but yeah I mean 
Carson, I don't think is quite a big picture kind of person that Trump somehow is a big picture guy, bigger what, picture than all the rest of them. You what know, I want, what I wanted to say about Trump is, uh, I I think we got the wrong idea. Uh, the selfish group of bureaucrats that uh, want to try to, for their own selfish reason, keep their positions. I don't think Trump is interested in destroying the deep state. If anything, I think he's in, in, in interested in improving the efficiency of the deep state. I think he can't stand inefficiency. And he looks at the task that the deep state, the bureaucrats, have been doing for a long time, and we see the inefficiency that has developed over the last 60 years or more, uh, and it's, it's bad. And, and we just keep uh, sending money, throwing money at things without thinking them through and coming up with maybe the best solution. And that's the that's the issue that I remember. One of the first things Trump's did when when he came in, they said you need a new Air Force One. That'll be four billion dollars. And he says, make it two. <laughs> and well, he it, that was his first encounter with the deep state because they're making two million uh, two billion profit. Off right. Well, one so, thing. Let me just add one thing on that. But I think you're having a lot of people in the deep state like AG Barr just came out and was saying that oh Trump's all about revenge he's all about retribution and he's a really petty guy it's all about Trump um here's the quote from Barr he's already saying it's going to be about retribution and he's a very petty man and it's all about him and he has a very fragile ego things could, would start moving towards chaos if Trump became president in 2024 see what people like AG Barr who's got a lot to hide and who has been exposed as a deep state plant and utter fraud and nasty human being. But they're trying to take this little subset and saying that Trump wants retribution, Trump wants revenge. No, Trump wants to save the country. Trump is trying to save this place and restore this place that has been screwed up by the ruling class, by the deep state, by these elites for a couple of decades. And you just you see it every day. Look at any headline in the Biden administration, right? That's the bigger picture, but yet I do think Trump wants to set a few things right. Some of these things about the impeachments and the setups and the hoaxes and the rest of it that he's had to deal with, he, he would like to make some things right, and I think that's totally legit, and I want to sit in the front row for that show and watch that. I want, I want popcorn. We'll pass out popcorn on Backbone Night, and we will, we will watch these people get some very, very overdue and very just retribution. Is my Barr take on one, that? Barr was one of the biggest disappointments to me. I thought we had a good person there, but Bad obviously news. it was a big disappointment to Trump too because he had been sold on Barr. But Barr disappointed, and don't buy into the lawyer words that Barr is able to spread out there. Uh, you have to go for the intent, and I think you're right. I think Trump wants to save this country, improve it, make it better. But also, if we look at what he did, his track record when he was in of trying to make peace in the Middle East, and he had worked on those things. Obviously, there are bad forces over there that are smoldering, uh, but I think Trump's way is to negotiate his way out and in some ways intimidate, but to keep the lid on it. And he did a much better job, totally. obviously, than we have That's a now. great way to say it, Frank. Um, the lid was on, and Trump was working very hard behind the scenes, and he'd be tweeting at, like, 2 in the morning, threatening our enemies with vicious tweets, you know, in North Korea and elsewhere, and say, do not even think about doing that, you tin-pot dictator somewhere. You know, don't even think of it. And then they didn't do it. <laughs> you well, know, I've, but Biden, you know, he, he you know, he, he, he doesn't do stuff like that. He doesn't even know what's happening, right? 
Well, Trump obviously loves the deal. That's why he wrote that book, The Art of the Deal. And so I think he would rather make a deal to try to help people all around the world out to have a better life than to just make war. He doesn't want it war. He knows that's just uh, no future in that destruction. We've got very destructive forces. And that's why but the it, warmongers who are making all their war bucks do not want Trump back in office, right? That's a big that's, part of the deal. That's pretty sad, and we're being brought down or having uh, internal forces from the left to try to create all this confusion and chaos because they do want to bring down our free system of government. So people need to be a little more thoughtful, have a little more critical thinking, and look beyond some of Trump's, Trump's rough exterior. The other sad thing is that the legal system, we have now exposed a way for, I think the Democrats couldn't, couldn't bring him down with other good candidates, so they unleash their little sly, conniving lawyers to say, well, we'll just tie him up in court. So they have multiple fronts here bringing down a very strong presidential candidate, someone who probably should be president, with all these petty little things that nobody else has been uh, held culpable for over the years. So that's a vulnerability in our system. Something like that should be placed the pause button if, you have a, if you're running for president, I, I really think. Nobody's above the law. But I do think that uh, that's a vulnerability in our system to use the system against itself. And against well, but they're per- it's a complete perversion of the system, and it's kind of like you know back in Wyatt Earp. There's some of those great lines: Wyatt Earp going against uh, whoever that sheriff was in uh, in Dodge City, where they were the sheriff. You know, was all jealous of Wyatt Earp, didn't like Wyatt Earp, so he was trying to use the law to throw Earp in jail when Earp was the honest guy in town. You see, Johnny Behan. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Behan. So the, the the corrupt people can can manipulate the system to get the honest people, like Trump, the guy who's spending millions and billions of his own fortune to be president, while the others are doing the opposite. There's profit for them to be politicians, right? They they, they want that guy to go away. Thank you, Frank. When the pale horse and his rider go by. There you go. That's Hank Williams Sr. We'll go ahead and drop that off there. That's our sacred number. And some scholars might have a sense of why did we go to the pale horse reference this evening on the night we talk a lot about Armageddon. Colonel McGregor is saying Armageddon's going to be very hard to avoid at this point. Keep your eye on Erdogan in Turkey. But one of the four horses of the apocalypse. That was the pale one, a song about the pale one. And I'm just on record as saying I, 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 I'm not ready for it. I don't want to go there just yet. Let's, uh, let's avoid some of that. World War Three, World War Four, World War Five. Somebody was uh, asking me, what do you mean World War Three, Four? And I was like, well... I mean, I'm speaking a little tongue-in-cheek, but World War III would be the Ukraine-Russia thing, and all that would entail. World War IV would entail then throw the Middle East and all of that entire region in. And then World War V, I might have to add that, and that's if China moves on Taiwan and we have a big China problem. World War V. How about let's just have three, four, and five all at once? I mean, that would that would just about cover everything, would it not? Let's not have it, folks. Let's think this through. Let's let's dial down on the emoting. Dial down on that. Let's just think clearly. Back to the Stoics. Back to some Aurelius. Yeah.
let's let's just work this through a little bit. That's just my advice. Protect our allies and find a way to do that without, you know, like destroying everything. Okay? Thinking long term. There's gotta be a way. Too bad we don't have old Trump in office. Yeah, too bad we've got Biden in uh that bunch. Anyway, the great American Eric is checking in and Sir, welcome aboard. How you been? Oh, you liven up my day every time <laughs> you're trying. on the radio. Right on. Hey, you Can great I get American. An amen. I, amen. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> come on now. We were talking about Tina Turner. Okay. And the legs and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, was, I remember I was, that reference, and I was trying not to laugh, Eric, okay. last night. I was trying hard. Not, I was like but, laughing with the mic off. How was that? Matt, yes. I got to get into the set of me and pals out there. Okay, Matt, you remember you, Peter, Stefan, Randy, Chuck, and Julie, and uh, Craig Silverman at Infinity Ballroom at Mike Donovan's place in Glendale. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. By the it was rugby a beautiful place. outing. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's when the little guy wasn't even born. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, and your your uh, beautiful wife was. Chasing the little tiny one around. Yeah, yeah. That's when we only uh, had three kids. Now we're we're up to four. Yeah. And and um, she was going through the hallway chasing the little one, and um, Patrick Ewing was right there, you know, against the wall and his bodyguards and all that. Love Patrick Ewing. Anyway, I just want the saddle pals out there that I have to mention. You have a gorgeous 24-karat fox, beautiful wife, like the pair of Fawcett, Suzanne Summers, I and do? Michelle Pfeiffer, too. I know you do. I've seen her. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I just oh. shout out pals out there to know that, man. Um, well, um, I always um, refer um, to her as my, my pink little wife, you know, just to... Just to do she's that, a but uh, she says she, fox should be well, modest. She doesn't mind if I, because if, that's what Teddy Roosevelt always referred to his wife as his pink little wife, and I thought I, I can do that. Um, but uh, oh, I asked her absolutely. if she minds, and she said, "No, I, I don't. I don't mind. You're you're kind of dorky, Matt, but that's okay." <laughs> so, but I wanted to stretch it a little bit when you were talking about Larry Elders and Ben Carson, yeah. and I. And I had to share this with you that uh, this my buddy Sean, he came all the way visiting from uh, Florida, and all the barbershop guys, the black boys up there at the shop, they're apologizing to me, and they said, "Eric, you're off your rocker," but they are going. I'm t- I told Peter that Saturday that there's so many black people can hardly wait. You know, the fellas out there that really recognize how good they had it, Matt, when. Um, Eric, I remember you and I were talking through the 2020 <laughs> campaign, and we kept saying, "Go work on the guys at the barber shop." Eric, as you're you're in charge of that, and you'd go there, you'd have your gear on, and you would you would work on them, and um, you know, uh, it worked. And you know what? It might have taken one more cycle for a few of them, but you're there, huh? Is the is the eagle <laughs> landing? Yeah. Hey, Matt, before I let you go, big baby. Good job. You remember good old, good old Barney? He was there, too, at the uh, Infinity Ballroom oh, yeah. in Glendale. Yeah. I miss him. Yep, Barney. He's been a great caller over the years, and I believe he did move out of state. And uh, by the way, yeah. I just saw this. That you ever, Who's Waka Flocka? Do you know who Waka Flocka is? 
I've heard that name, but I don't know. I, I think he's uh, uh, he, he's 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 his Twitter account has got millions of followers, and I, I don't know if he's a, he's a rapper or an investor or yeah, what. Yeah, my but... right. Uh, Felicia just said he's a rapper. Waka okay. Flocka, go ahead. Well, he is. She's in there with big rabbit ears interrupting. Okay. Us, well, he's he's all in for Trump, and he he's doing these like concerts or shows, and. Uh, and he he keeps saying this that you know he says twenty twenty four and and then he wants the the crowd to say Trump and he says twenty twenty four and the crowd says Trump and uh, you know something's going on Eric and the, it's exciting yeah. isn't it Matt yes and it's uh, I, I I'm enjoying watching this play out and it's it's got the Democrats so nervous you know what I mean they they're freaking out I think we go to uh, court tomorrow about keeping Trump. On the ballot in Colorado, how sick is that, well, doctor? Yeah, I mean they're going to try in these Minnesota things. And yeah, all these in another state. Well, they're I trying think. it in Colorado. Is, so sad. is there a court date tomorrow? I have not uh, followed the uh, mechanics I, of that. I think so, but isn't it that gives every proof in the whole United States and the whole world that Trump won in twenty twenty? They're so scared of him. They they just don't want a fair fight, do they? They don't want to just have a straight uh-huh. up election. Let's just have a straight up election. Vote for Trump or vote for Biden. But no, they're going to have to try to keep him off the ballot. That's what they want to do in a bunch of states, right? You know, they're going to have to try to insert RFK in there to me- to mess yeah. things up, right? I look. I I want Sundays to keep flying by, so that way you come on more. We need <laughs> two Sundays in a week. You know, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I was hanging out last night. And by the way, I should say that I'm, I'm going to be in on Saturday again uh, for uh, the great Randy Corpin next Saturday, it looks like. And so, but then he'll be okay. he'll be right back in gear. So uh, I'm going to, I'm getting a little that, overexposed here, Eric, and I, I try to avoid that. But uh, once in a while, I can't get out well, of it, you know. I, I just want the Saddle Pals now to know that's why you have so many babies, <laughs> because of your gorgeous wife. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Much love, Eric. I, I see how you think, Eric. I see how you think. <laughs> well, I'm a man, Matt. You got it. You got well, it. Well, but by, by the way, devil. before before you leave, we were uh, we <laughs> yes, were doing sir. the Shaft theme song because Richard Roundtree passed away at the age of 81. Who's the camping won't cop out when that danger all about? Shaft. Right on. Isaac Hayes. Yeah, you remember Isaac Shaft? Is a bad yeah. Isaac Hayes, big baby. Yeah, I thought it was um, the other black guy. But yeah. you, you corrected me yesterday. You know, I thought it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, you knew it. I didn't know it. You you corrected me. No, you knew no, it. No, no I, you, you corrected Barry, me. I thought it was Barry White. <laughs> You're oh, the you're one right. that corrected me. You're yeah, right. I thought yeah. it was very white. Okay, yeah, I yeah. got that one. Yeah. Yes, that that was yeah. me. All right, Saddle Pals, see you next week. <laughs>